All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks. This is our audio podcast. This is our weekly discussions where we talk about everything in the world of movies and television. We haven't really talked about television lately, but there's a couple of shows that I want to recommend, but we'll see that at the end. Uh, I guess there's no really big news, so let's just get into like what some of the movies we recently saw. Uh, Raymond, I, should, well, I keep on forgetting to introduce ourselves. My name is Mike. I'm here with Richard and Raymond. Uh, we are three cinephiles. I, I guess you could dub us as the the movie bros. I, I like that, right? The movie bros. <laughs> Maybe we no. should just change the uh, podcast name to the movie bros. Nah. <laughs> All right. So what we do, we get uh, together on a weekly basis to talk about the stuff we saw and just have like a general discussion about movies and television stuff. Uh, Raymond, you actually saw two new releases. You saw the the, the new Super Mario Brothers movie and air uh let's start with super mario brothers let me get your thoughts on the this big phenomenon box office phenomenon everyone's talking about it uh and you grew up with the video game you loved the video game how did it well how did it uh, the adaptation of that uh work for you did it work for you well for, first off let's mention that he went out of his way to go all the way to la hollywood <laughs> why man <laughs> chinese theater was it yeah, to watch it in 4DX, whatever. Oh, really? That was a, a 4DX theater? Did you? It was a um, MX 4, 4, 4D or whatever. It's like like the, with the the motion seats and oh, really? Like the best of the best. <laughs> and 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 3D with the with the, the smoke and, and and the lights and Wait, all that. Is this your first experience with that theater? That type of theater? No, I've been to those theaters before, but never the one in uh and uh Man the, Chinese. Not, not the one at the Chinese. Yeah, not the one the Chinese theater. Man Chinese and, is famous uh, movie theaters in Los Angeles where in all the, the world all, basically. Yeah, where all the f- some famous people. You see any famous people where you're watching uh Mario Brothers? Or Super Mario Brothers? No. <laughs> no. No, um I, th- there's a guy dressed like Chewbacca and you know. <laughs> <laughs> um but what was the last movie you saw in at that 4X experience? You know, did you saw John Wick in, in that in that theater or that type of theater? Yeah, I saw John Wick in that type of theater and oh, cool. um, like a, a bunch of other movies, uh, Black Adam. And the movie, you know, I, I went into it kind of not knowing what to expect because I really kind of enjoyed the trailers I and I thought it was going to be like a, a fun family uh you know adaption of the of the video game but you know the reviews for it were kind of mixed mm-hmm. uh to say the least and um so i don't know I, I went i went into it kind of just hoping for the best and the movie i thought kind of started off really good it started off like much better than i expected like started off in brooklyn and we were introduced to like uh mario's mario and luigi's family and they all kind of like live together in this apartment and um i don't know i the the I, the, the whole kind of uh brooklyn aspect of the movie kind of work worked was working for me the whole uh, them as plumbers uh it, it it was all uh better better than i better than anything i could have asked for mm-hmm. but um once we get to the mushroom kingdom once we get to the mushroom kingdom it kind of got a little um i kind of started to see the flaws in the movie i kind of started to see the criticisms people had Mm. and um it's because there's certain things in this movie that are really well thought out and then there's other things that have no thought put into them at whatsoever 
And that's most of, most of the Mushroom Kingdom stuff. And it's mostly because they're trying to be as faithful to the games as possible. Like, when you're there, like, there's literally just floating bricks. And you jump, and the bricks shoot out mushrooms that you power up with. Like, that's, that's, that happens in the movie, okay. throughout the movie. Like, and, you know, that's fine and all, but I was kind of expecting, you know, from the trailers, because, you know, he's in this Mushroom Kingdom, that maybe he would just eat the mushrooms and then he would get these powers and it wouldn't be like, you know, so literal, like <laughs> you jump, like, like literally the game. Yeah, it's so like when, when you do the, when you get to the third act of the movie, it literally kind of feels like a cinematic Marvel or ma- not cinematic Mario cutscene, And, um, it's cool. I mean, we've never seen anything like that in the games, but I, I mean, it really feels like a, like a, a 90 minute commercial. Yeah. But that said, I mean, I still enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I just wish that, you know, kind of the stuff in the Mushroom Kingdom with like, you know, the mazes and the kind of power, getting the powers and stuff just had been less literal. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? (laughs) And a bit more um, adapted because I don't think they really adapted certain things. And I think it was actually a a request from Nintendo. They didn't want to adapt these things. And you know what? I can't blame them. Because, you know, the live-action Mario movie <laughs> did try to adapt these things. They did try to, you know, make it part of, you know, the you know, everything I'm, I'm criticizing the movie for, they, they tried to, you know, do, and, you know, it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it is what it is. But I, I, for, for what it is for a family movie, I think families are going to, I think, are going to have a good time. It's not a complicated, you know, movie like some critics are trying to say. Like it is like kind of dumb. Like like I said, you know, you literally jump on bricks and then like mushrooms stick and pop out of them and you, it's like the game. <laughs> but um I mean it it it, it could have been much worse, especially once you see if you've seen the live action film. And I'm a defender of the live action film. <laughs> well, this, is so str- a, this is a much better movie. Um, it's enjoyable. I think it's definitely one of the best movies Illumination has made. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, families and fans are going to love it. It's it's so strange. You bring up the '90s cult movie. I guess you could say, you know, in that movie, it, it did it did so much. Not you know, tr- not trying to recognize the video game. I mean, it it, it went out of its way to like depart from the original source (laughs) material. And so with this movie, it seems like we're living in an age where, you know, fans want almost the literal adaptation of the video game. You know, know, like just recently when we got the HBO series, uh, The Last of Us, a lot of the complaints was like, why do they, you know, venture off of the video game? Why just just do the video game? And, And so it's, it's, you know, I guess that's what they were trying to do. They were just trying to get... I think they were, you know, trying to avoid some of the negativity that, you know, fans will, will have, um, and just literally do the same thing that they did in the video game. Um, yeah. And I mean, and for, and for people like us and for critics and stuff, like it is kind of like a flaw, but I mean, Nintendo was right. I mean, this is kind of what fans wanted. And while it is something that bothers me a little bit, mm-hmm. I think the movie for me still had a, a way more positives, you know, that kind of outweighed the negatives. So. I mean, I, I had I had a good time with it, I, and I think if you're watching it with a, with a family, like your family and your kids, and I, I, yeah, I think it's a good time. How was the voices? Like everyone was talking about Chris 
Pratt as like you know leading yeah, up. Let to me the, say this: leading up to the release, I, I'm blown away by this, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think I think Chris Pratt actually gives the best voice performance in the whole movie. Oh, I, I thought he was I thought he was great, and I don't know why I doubted him. I mean, I, I he was great in Lego Movie, and he, yeah, he's true. probably going to be great. He's probably going to be great as Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he, he he's good at this. I mean, I don't know. He 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 pulled it off. He, I thought he was really good as Mario. Surprisingly, I was disappointed by Charlie Day as Luigi, mm. but I think that might be a personal thing because um, I just kept hearing his uh, his uh, Sh- Charlie Kelly from It's Always Sunny, yeah. and I think it's just because like I've seen that show so much and like I like I I just have trouble seeing I or not hearing that character's voice, but um. I mean, Jack Black was incredible as Bowser. I thought Anya Taylor-Joy was actually really good as well. Um, I mean, it could have been anybody, but, but she was good. Uh, but, I mean, Jack Black and I think uh, Chris Pratt were the standouts for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really strange that Chris Pratt uh, unfairly gets shit on for some reason from people. And I don't know where it came from. I know there was these rumors about how he was, he's a, you know, strictly religious and maybe even anti-gay but there's no really <laughs> evidence to back that up it's just this rumor that happened in, in the online space yeah i think i think he is religious but i don't I, there's no really kind of any oh, no, the anti-gay stuff yeah, I, mean, the I don't believe stuff, it I, yeah i i don't i don't believe it either and so he he has i'm sure he he's had he's worked with a lot of gay people in Hollywood that he's become close friends with. I'm sure too. Yes. And I, I there, there were, there haven't been really any ev- evidence of that. It's just like, you know, these rumors start in, in on the internet and they kind of grow and they almost, they become gospel or, or but um, yeah, like for, for whatever, he's like the guy they, they want to tor- tear down now. And I guess, mm-hmm. you know, the, the rumors is that maybe it's, that's why it got such a bad critical response, but I don't know. I don't know if that's true. No, the movie the movie has flaws. The movie has stuff definitely for critics to 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 pick apart. And I definitely see a lot of the flaws in, in those movies. But I just think, you know the I, maybe it's because I'm a Nintendo fan, mm-hmm. right? But I just think the the good outweighed the bad. Mm-hmm. And what I mean I didn't I guess I didn't grade the movie, but I would give it like a like a six and a half out of ten. But at a certain point, I really thought it was going to be like an eight out of ten. Mm. But like once we get to the Mushroom Kingdom, like it just things got a little too literal. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I still had a good time with it, and I think that was the most important thing. How would you grade it's a children's movie? <laughs> how would yeah, exactly? It's a, just a, it's a children's movie, so sometimes yeah, you have to I mean, give it so a little more. Yeah, I mean, lit- critics don't be stupid. <laughs> it's not Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, how would you grade the original '90s film? Oh, I mean, I have a soft spot for it, but <laughs> it's mostly because I think, you know, uh, Bob Hoskins and John Lugasamo are, are so great in that movie. Mm-hmm. But I would give that one like a five out of 10. Oh, that's pretty high. And, that's pretty high. Yeah. Considering yeah. what people and, say about yeah. it. <laughs> this one's like a six and a half out of 10. It's it's a much better movie. It's actually good. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually good. You know, the other five out of 10 is still, <laughs> still not a passing grade. But. <laughs> I mean, that 90s Super Mario Brothers was such a kind of weird movie. And I think because the, you know... I wish wish they had brought John Leguizamo back to voice Luigi. (laughs) That would have been fun. Yeah, that would have been fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's weird because, like, the weirdness now for, you know, maybe at the time, the weirdness of that movie was off-putting. But I think the weirdness of the original Super Mario Brothers, I think it works better now. 
as just some kind of oddest oddity, like this weird kind of nineties kind of throwback. And I, you know, watching it now, I think it just has, it works a little bit better than, than it did back then. It's still a pretty awful movie, but, uh, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's, it's kitsch. fun in a it's weird kitsch. way. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. like '90s kitsch, and and you know, it's just it's you know, it's it's more dinosaurs. They're kind of like trying to. <laughs> it's a time capsule movie, definitely. Yeah, it was trying to like why uh, ride that wave of Jurassic Park, you know, dinosaurs and and you know, Blade and Runner video games all wrapped into one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a crazy movie. Um, let's let's now move to. Air, which is the Ben Affleck film about the makings of Air Jordans. Um, this stars Matt Damon. It's his reunion with Matt Damon. It has a big cast. Viola Davis as M- Michael Jordan's mother. Uh, what is And your... they just made this together. This is like the first movie they made in their production company, right? That they just started? Yeah, they just started a production co- uh, a company called Artists' Equity, which is uh, a kind of a... A like revolutionary <laughs> kind of production company where they're giving more points, more more credit to the the people at the back end, uh, you know, the actors and the people who work on the crew. They're getting a little more. Um, they get points to the to the success of the movie. So if it does well, mm. they make more money, uh, which is not something that uh, other studios are providing to to their crew or their actors. Um, what is your thoughts on on air? Because this is, you know, we last week we talked about Tetris, and you know, this is very similar in the, in the sense that you know, this is the making. This is the, this is a behind the doors, the back office deals of of the these kind of brand, you know, big brand products. And air. yeah, I, I, and and these movies would I definitely make like an interesting double feature, mm-hmm. especially because like yeah, I mean like they're both kind of business movies. They're, they both take place in the eighties, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, I, I would say Air is definitely the better of the two films, but I'd say it's the better of the two films because of the cast, because of Ben Affleck as a as a director, because of the screenplay. But I'm, I'm not I don't remember the the screenwriter's name, but it's a it's a great screenplay that he that he uh, put together, mm-hmm. and uh, all those elements make this a better movie than Tetris. But I actually think Tetris has a better story. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, because this movie is very simple. Like, more simple than I could have ever even imagined from the trailer. Which isn't bad, because the movie is so well done and well put together, and the cast is so great. I mean, I had such a good time watching the whole movie, and, like, I think everyone in the theater had a good time watching it. But... I, I like I, you were asking me before, like we recorded, like if I thought this movie was going to have Oscar potential for the, the end of the year. And I, I don't think so. I don't think it's really that type of movie. And, um, you know, that's, that's not, that's not a bad thing. I think this is a, a, a good film for, for adult audiences, but, um, ah, I kind of wish the, that this team had also made Tetris. <laughs> this Tetris would have been a better movie had this team made it. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, air from the from the trailer just sounds like Matt Damon, who is an executive at Nike. He is just trying to sign on a deal with Michael Jordan, and and Michael Jordan at this time he's a rookie, and he has to go through his mother, Viola Davis, who is very much a strict person. 
or at least you know wary of of these kind of financial deals and uh it seems like the whole movie is just trying to convince her is that what it is kind of i but i mean it's hard to hard to say i mean kind of but it mm-hmm. doesn't even kind of get to that until like oh. the middle mm-hmm. in a way maybe a little before the middle but everything that comes before that it's it's still stuff that you'd expect i mean it's very straightforward any of the performances stood out like matt damon no oh really everyone's so- good everyone everyone's great in the movie no one was bad i mean chris tucker for me was very stand out for me just because i haven't seen him in a while yeah uh but matt but matt damon's always fantastic mm-hmm. you know this is another fantastic performance from matt damon uh ben affleck wasn't in it as much as i expected but um he's great in it when he is there uh-huh. jason bateman yeah, jason I- bateman was fantastic Marlon Wayans is there for a scene, and he's great. Viola Davis is always incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever, there, there weren't any bad performances. Uh, Chris Messina was very funny. Yeah, you mentioned this, the screenwriter, um, Alex Conver, or Convery. This was his first screenplay. And basically, he wrote the screenplay in, on spec. He was a fan of the Michael Jordan um, ESPN, ESPN uh, documentary, The Last Dance, which was a you know high-rated uh, miniseries uh, that, that just went through his career in the nineties, had all this great footage. And apparently in that documentary that did talk a little bit about his deal with Nike. And that sparked an idea of him writing the story, not, not knowing, not getting the rights to it, just hoping that, you know, someone, if someone does buy it or someone's interested in the screenplay that they would get their, eventually get the rights. And apparently he got in the hands of Ben Affleck. And I'm just saying kind of, uh, that, in itself feels like kind of a, a, a Hollywood story because that doesn't that rarely happens for a screenwriter to have their very first screenplay turn into a, a movie and also you know a well critical hit you know right. so um, but then, yeah yeah so you uh, Raymond you, you're saying that even though you it's a very simple story you know solid performance all around you're saying this is one, one of the better films of 2023 well, I mean, it's very early in the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there ha- there hasn't really been that much out. Um, it might be the best movie, but I don't know what else has came out this year. Oh, the great Dungeons and Dragons, the great uh, John Wick Four, John Wick Four. Uh, I mean, I, I, Oscar or like you know, Oscar worthy wise, I don't, I'm not that not, not that much film so far. Um, this kind of yeah, was the um, first movie that, of that quality to come out. Yeah. And it's good, you know. Mm-hmm. Could have been, could have been crappy. <laughs> All right, so uh, you you recommend it? Yeah, I recommend <laughs> it. But uh, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I I recommend it. I think people should watch this in theaters because uh, you know we don't really get movies like this in theaters, and this could have very easily been a streaming movie. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you still want to see movies like this in theaters, it's good. Uh-huh. It's a good one, and you should go support it. All right, let's get before before we before we leave. Let me ask you this: since you brought up uh, Tetris a couple times already, mm-hmm. now with the success of Super Mario Brothers, the movie being a video game movie, do you think if Tetris came out like it was coming out like in, in the next two weeks, it would have done better if they were able to promote it? You know, saying it's oh, it's a the video game kind of movie, just like Super no. Mario Brothers. Do you think? Do you think if it, it could have got a no. theatrical release or whatever, what it could have done better? No. 
No, I don't think so. I mean, I think no? I, I, like I uh, like I was saying last week when we talked about Tetris. It, I I I thought the movie was entertaining enough. It was just really a Hollywood version of that story. Um, yeah, but but we all we both all agree that it's a good movie. Yeah, it's it's it's, just, it's, yeah. it's it's fine. Yeah, it was a, it's, a, it's a solid thing. Um, yeah, but I think it works well for Apple TV. Um, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Right, right, right. Could could it have done? I mean, uh, like a, a theatrical release, you know, uh, you know, could it, could it have benefit from with the craze of Super Mario Brothers as being a video game movie? Could it have benefited from that craze? No, because I think on. Super Mario Brothers, the people who are going to see Super Mario Brothers are not necessarily people who have this nostalgia of the 80s and 90s game. It's really the people who love the, soup, the, the game right now, you know, the, okay. the Nintendo game right now. So it has no, so it has to be uh, Illuminati or, whatever, or Illumination or whatever. <laughs> Illuminati, Illumination, yes. Illumination, Pixar kind of thing. It has to be some kind of, uh, you know, a three D or whatever uh, animation in order to to to, to, well, to ride on its success. Well, I think the success of the Super Mario Brothers is, is just because it has so much appeal to for 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 you know a variety of different people. Uh, you know, older people know it as a nostalgia brand. But you could but say you, the same thing with Dungeons and Dragons. No, I think Dungeons and Dragons oh. is just a limited, limited, limited uh, cult, cult. That's cult a, subculture. That's a, no, I'm just yeah. saying that, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons has been here a lot, sure. just as long as sure. Super Mario Brothers. But yeah, you, but I, don't think you're, I don't think you're recognizing how popular the Nintendo brand is right now. Oh, no, I, I understand that, yeah. So, Not just now, always. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, it is such a. It's like it's like I don't know what's the what's the biggest game right now. I mean, other than the Nintendo stuff, but like, what's the biggest video game right now? It's like, you know, like like for instance, Last of Us. You know, the Last of Us. Last of Us is just such a huge game, mm-hmm. and I think that's the reason why it's such a huge hit for HBO and people are just talking about it and, and you know they're buzzing about it and you know I think. I, to me, the, you know, that watching the first season of Last of Us, I thought it was okay, but I thought right. it, it got better reviews and better reactions from from people who, because they, the, you know, from people who love the video game. I mean, just because of that, I think as someone who really enjoyed the the Walking Dead, and I thought that the Last of Us kind of, yeah, it, it's it's certainly comparable, but it it is. Um, I thought the first couple of first seasons of The Walking Dead was better, but I mean, you know, Walking Dead doesn't have that mass appeal as as uh, the video game, you know. So I think people are are just saying, you know, people, Walking Dead is like one of the biggest shows of all time. <laughs> it is, but I think it it, it never really got that much. It, it's almost like a, a a show that no one had that much respect for. Where I think Last of Us has all the respect. Yeah. Well, well, the thing with Walking Dead is, Walking Dead kind of built its audience over time. Mm-hmm, yeah. It, it was a, it was always a hit, but it built it over time. By the time it got to like I'd say like season three, mm-hmm. it was like huge, and it kept getting bigger and bigger with every season. But the show really started to suck after <laughs> season four. Yeah. Well, after and the- and the, and the thing was, maybe some would say, or after season two. I would well, say after well, season four, but, mm. uh, but you know, the thing that, you know, the last of us has going for it right now 
is that it was able to get that, you know, popularity that The Walking Dead had, you know, in its, you know, later seasons, or not even in the later seasons, but like in season three, four, it had that popularity from that beginning. And it has that qual it has good quality. I haven't seen the show yet, but from what I've been hearing, you know, it has, you know, the you know, good quality that you've expected from something like Walking Dead. And uh the show also has that quality, you know, from from the whole from in both of them. So mm-hmm. so, you know, there's that, but you know, Walking Dead was never respected because Walking Dead never deserved the respect. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, Walking Dead is is, is a, a you know a genre like specifically a genre. No, wa- Walking Dead was fantastic the yeah, first yeah. couple seasons. Oh but yeah, yeah it, it just got so it just got so repetitive and so right, right, lazy. Right. Yeah, it became like one of the I, worst written shows on TV. Well, by the end, know, just, certainly just, by the end, yes, I, I I I stuck around much longer than a lot of people did because everyone well, pretty much left when when Glenn left the show, you know. Oh and, yeah, by the end, all all the writers' brains died. <laughs> yeah, everyone was a zombie writing that show. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. good to like the final final uh, season. I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that you know, like we're, we're, I think we're veering off. But I I think you're yeah. to your initial point. Uh, Rich is that Super Mario Brothers is something different than say Tetris. You know, Tetris is really just a nostalgia thing. It's a great story. I mean, like that. That you know what, what we're saying last week is you know is like some of the best scenes in the movie is when they're just talking in a room negotiating a deal because that's some of the best scenes in the in the because it's so interesting. It's just like how this pan out. So. um but I don't think it would have done better if it came out a week later. Or I don't think it would. It, it, there's no. I don't think it, it, uh, not not that big connection. Yeah, I don't think there's that big of connection. I think. It, uh, I think maybe Uncharted would do better now or something. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah. I mean, that's much more, you know, comparable. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess Uncharted did well enough for Sony. I guess um, <laughs> it would have been so much better. Yeah, well, it could have been a good movie. Well, let's talk about uh, 65, which just came, just came out on VOD. Me and uh, Richard saw this movie. This is, you know, this was kind of the, uh, was not well-received box office-wise. This is the Adam Driver vehicle science fiction film uh, by the guys who wrote The Quiet Place. I think this was their directorial debut, or I think they, well, they directed the movie and, mm-hmm. um, and r- wrote the movie. This was also produced by Sam Raimi. Uh, mm. It's a very kind of low stakes, you know, very simple st- uh, storyline where Driver plays a pilot. He is uh, a space pilot. He his ship crash lands on a planet that turns to uh, turns out to, that it's filled with dinosaurs, and he has and kind of like in The Last of Us, he has to protect a little girl. Mm. And it's you know, there's nothing to it. It's pretty kind of you know that's pretty much it it's a survival thriller with a science fiction bent mm-hmm. and i don't know rich what was your feelings about the movie knowing that like a lot of people a lot of critics didn't 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 like it well i can understand it's not it's not the uh um it's not a not necessarily a big open um theatrical opening type of film that's for sure uh-huh. i mean the special effects were there, but there wasn't that much to like go, oh, you gotta see it in the theater or whatever, basically. You gotta oh, yeah. see it in the biggest theater possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, was, uh, for an overall picture, it was fine. It was exactly um, what I kind of like the trailer more. 
I mean, the, the trailer, the, the, it, it was more successful. I mean, you're like, like, a, it, it, it seemed like it could have been a much better film mm-hmm. and it's true. It's the film is just, it's there, but there is some missing parts to it. Elements that it, it needed mm-hmm. to be a good movie, to be, to feel that quality for a good movie, but it's just an okay movie. So. Yeah, and it's a short film too I think that's probably the best thing about it it moves pretty quickly you get to A to B and then C pretty decently it's a decent sounds like Super Mario Bros (laughs) probably (laughs) I think Adam Driver is pretty good in it I think he is the reason why I like it so much because his performance and you know he doesn't really have that much lines in the movie uh, no, not at all. Yeah, and, and so it's really just just watching him go through this experience and I I actually kind of like them and and it's funny because like he's paired off with this young actress who is you know just like the last of us or whatever you know it's it's and you forget like how you know adam driver is a big guy and 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 his physicality is displayed in this movie quite well i think you forget that he could be like a superhero or he could be like a hero uh a guy you know because he he's he's much taller than this uh young actress here and uh, yeah, he's, he's physically imposing, so he actually fits the part of this 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 character. Uh, and it's you know it, it kind of reminds me of a lot of different things this movie, but it it was fine. I thought I was thinking, uh, you know, Stargate maybe just as like you know, you know, going to a, a weird planet that you're not you're not you know unknown. You know, there's Jurassic Park stuff here because of the dinosaurs. I think what really ruined it is this whole idea about the title 65 and mm. i guess the twist but it's not really necessarily a twist but i don't think that f- and once you learn about it the movie i don't want to give anything that away if you don't know it it it, it didn't work it was kind of like it, it, the, the the whole idea of that you know they're it's 60 i don't know i don't even if i want to say it but you know right i right. mean people haven't mentioned it in in the in their reviews but I don't once know what you, you're talking about. Okay, so <laughs> once you fi- there's a reason why it's called 65 and once you find out, when you find out within like maybe the 10 15 minute mark. Mm. I don't think and it's supposed to be this kind of great reveal. I don't think that worked. It could have easily just been like a uh, let me see this. It could easily been set to a fictional space, you know, planet somewhere where it's just dinosaurs everywhere. Um and then it could and then really it does kind of play out like that. And I think it's at that with with that idea. I think it works pretty well. It's it's nothing. It's not it's not you know reinventing the wheel, but it's perfectly fine. I I, I had I was actually quite pleased with it. It's not a yeah. it's not a horrible movie, but it's not, also not a fantastic film. You know, yeah. So. There was some there was some stuff that was not was wasn't necessarily uh, um, needed, uh-huh. like the uh, language barrier. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, the, um, the, the the two main actors here don't. Adam Driver is the only one who speaks the English, and she's speaking. The little girl speaks in a different language. Yeah, yeah. And there's and, a communication uh, thing there. Yeah. Which again, I guess, well, I guess, just goes. You know, it's just really because most of the movie is a silent movie. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, have any really that much dialogue, you know. And uh, I, I found that a little bit more interesting. And so the the, the screenwriter and the directors of this movie, Scott. Be- Beck and Brian Woods, uh, they co-wrote A Quiet Place, but that, you know, Quiet Place is mostly credited to John Krasinski because he also mm-hmm. uh, did a redraft on that. Uh, what was your thoughts on their directing? Um, 
I guess this I guess they directed before, but uh, this is kind of their you know their biggest um, special effects stuff. You know that that they yeah. did. What was your thoughts on just on the directing alone? I think it was just fine. There was nothing really too out there that that goes, oh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they should do that again in some other movie, you know, kind of shots or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just fine for whatever it was. I mean, for a first picture, it's, it's pretty decent. Well, first, at least a, a, a first picture with this size. I think their last previous yeah. directing efforts were really low budget stuff. I thought they did a. I, I thought they did pretty well. I, I mean, I think there were some kind of jump scares, you know, or at least scares I didn't expect to see with the, you know, with dinosaurs and stuff. And I, I thought it was done decently, and uh, that that also helped the, my uh, enjoyment of the movie. But yeah, yeah I, I thought for sure that this film was done during the pandemic. And that that's the reason that was only two a two person yeah. two person picture, which would have made uh, uh, totally sense. But then I heard that the film was sitting in the can for like three years. Yeah, I think so. That's so, what I heard too. So that 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 makes even less sense to me. But <laughs> um, but if it, if it is like you know, I don't I'm not sure how big the budget was. According to oh, according to Wikipedia, it was only forty five million, which is fine. Yeah, that's I, I think. It, it, it yeah. looks a little bit bigger than that. Looks yeah. To to make it look that I mean, I to make it look that that much. I mean, yeah. It, it has the, to, it, the it, opening it, shots of the special effects wasn't that good. But, the, but from the, what the, it was, the, I mean, the, the dinosaurs I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, the dinosaurs was good. And there's a, there's yeah. an epic scope to it that I, I found that it was pretty good. I mean, I thought it was actually not bad. I just yeah. I thought. Coming from from the box office, its poor box office performance, and also some of the kind of critic, you know, the the the, criti- the criticisms of it that you know critics didn't like it. I thought I was expecting a lot worse movie, but it turned out to be a, a pretty okay movie. And maybe that's yeah. like I said, I'm a Adam Drive Driver fan, and you know, we talked about Adam Driver last episode about how he's got um, attached to Heat Two. And you know, like, and we were saying that you know, here here's a guy who feels like an old school '70s type of uh, actor, and you know, he's, you know, he he's he's ha- doing a role that would not not usually go to him. This is like kind of a Chris Evans role. Yeah, of. exactly. And I, I like and I like that 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 didn't go that route. They went with this kind of, you know, an acting piece, and it, I think he pulls off some of that stuff pretty good. It's like uh, it's like casting uh, Edward Norton as the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so I, you know i guess casting against type i i, I like that about the movie i i would rec- definitely recommend it uh once it hit you know it's it's available now for for vod you know if it's a if it hits streaming somewhere if it like it appears on netflix or some kind of yeah i think it'll yeah, eventually hit netflix because they have a deal with sony i say go for it watch it on netflix you know or you maybe want you know plunk down a couple dollars for on VOD. I think it's perfectly good for that. Uh, I say just to be safe, just wait for Netflix. <laughs> okay, wait for Netflix. Which would, uh, I think it would be a couple, like, probably next month. Long. Sometime, not, yeah, sometime next month. Yeah. Uh, you know, really quick, before we get into a couple of TV shows that me and Rich saw that we want to recommend, uh, I want to recommend a movie that I just saw out of the blue. Uh, I wasn't expecting to really like this movie. But I thought it was really decent. And this is a low-budget kind of film, historical piece, that I thought was done pretty well. It's called Pinball, The Man Who Saved the Game. Oh, yeah. 
And it's a uh, it's a uh, it's available now on VOD. It had a sh- really sh- quick uh, theatrical release a couple weeks ago, but I think most people will probably catch this on VOD or maybe it's on a streaming service. Um, this is just came out of the blue. I heard good things about it. It got a good rating on uh, on Rotten Tomato. I go, oh, let me check this out. Not thinking that I'm gonna really like it. And man, I was genuinely surprised at how well it is. What despite movie? it's called Pinball: The Man Who Saved the Game. It's it's about uh, a guy. It's based on a true story. It stars the uh, uh, Mike Fast or Feist, who's from the um, he, people would know him from um, the West Side Story. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. He's the guy who is like the. I guess he was the breakout star. People really liked him in that in that part. He was the the guy who played opposite Ansel Algort. His yeah. his buddy, the, the even even skinnier guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so he's playing a a a, a real guy in this movie called a guy named Roger Sharp, who is a a guy from Chicago. He's a struggling writer, and basically, this is a story about how this guy who goes to New York and finds out that there is a thirty five year old ban on pinball machines, and he goes into first loving the pinball and also goes into writing about pinball and then goes into like actually being part of uh the fight to to unban the 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 machines or the game from new york which eventually unbans the whole uh nationwide ban um i thought it was pretty decent you know surprisingly it has a low budget it looks like a drug drunken history the reason I kind of wanted to check it out because I heard the story on Drunken History, the same story, mm-hmm. and and to compare those two, Drunken Drunken History did a much more kind of comical way. There's a kind of a, a I don't know, like a, a you know, this is done in a jokey type of way, but it's done also very sincerely. And I was just I was kind of struck on how well it is. It's it's well paced, good acting, uh, and really. It shouldn't be. It's just, you know, because of the limitations of the budget and limitations of the people who are involved, it, this, this movie shouldn't work. But it actually ended up, ended up being one of my favorite movies so far of 2023. Rich, you saw you saw the movie. Well, what was your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I agree that it's, it's just a, it's a, a great performance by this new guy, Mike Feist, mm-hmm. um, who uh, I agreed it was a, a standout role in West Side Story. Mm-hmm. But this, this role right here cemented him as being someone to watch for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the picture overall, I thought it was decent. It was just, it seemed more like a, a throwback HBO movie, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, movie yeah, yeah. that they would, that they would have produced. Uh-huh. And, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a good movie that, 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 uh, should be enjoyed. That's very comparable to something like air. <laughs> it could be. It is because it, it, it yeah. It could it's be. It's funny because, like, this sounds very comparable to Air, and sixty-five sounds comparable to Mario, and in, in very weird ways. <laughs> Not maybe like in ways that many people would agree. Well, I think what I liked about Pinball was that the it wasn't just about like this whole idea that he's going to uh, he's going to save Pinball from from this yeah. ban. It also it goes into his life story and how he gets involved with this young girl who is also. A, a single mother she's uh she's a uh, um she has a like a like a preteen boy 
and then kind of involve, you know both both of these storylines parallels to this to this breaking point where they you know where pinball becomes a metaphor for for a chance in life right and so i found it's just a little bit smarter than most kind of these you know wild picks i guess and you know again i was really impressed by the the directing team the writer writer and directing team this is uh two brothers austin bragg and meredith bragg who are uh this is their i think their first feature film debut and i was actually Kind of impressive what they could. It really seems like they could. They, they stretched it out a dollar. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, especially it, they, they say it on their on on the uh, on the mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike Feist or Fe, was it Faust or Feist? Faced. Faced. Mike Feist has like the strangest fucking mustache <laughs> ever. It's and like it, an eyelash. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks so cheap and it looks so flimsy. But if for for whatever reason it works in this movie, and I think that you could say that with a lot a lot of things in the movie, like it it looks like a, it you know it was shot on the budget of drunken history, yet they were able to make it work, and uh, yeah, it looks like a funnier die skit, but then it ma- it looks like it made it work. It's kind of like uh, what's what the Weird Al Yankovic story, right? Yeah, it kind of had the same serious. budget and same look, but done very sincerely and without that much you know spoofing. Well, it does, well in it, that regard. And it sounds like Tetris. Yeah, I guess so. But I think Tetris had a much bigger budget. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> this is a this is kind of a low budget movie. I don't know how much this was made, but again, I was just really shocked in how how well it was uh, put together. And I don't know. I was I would recommend it for anyone who is interested in pinball, interested in, in really independent films. Uh, yeah, I was I was blown away by this. This came out of nowhere, and I was not I was expecting just to turn this off right away, and <laughs> I was I got sucked into it pretty quick. So there you go, Pinball: The Man Who Saved the Game, which is out now on VOD. Uh, Rich, you want to talk about two big shows on Netflix right now? Oh, okay. Let's start with the uh, let's start with the Night Agent. Okay. Just give me just give me your kind of thoughts of the Night Agent. This is uh, this is actually a very po- surprisingly a very popular show on on, on Netflix for, uh, for the last couple of weeks. It was created by Sean Ryan, who's our favorite uh, showrunner. He's the guy who created <laughs> uh, uh, the Shield, the Shield, right? And a couple like just basic uh, shows recently. Um, I forgot, but uh, he for uh, for us we are, we know him from the Shield, and this stars Gabriel Basso, who's mm-hmm. from uh, Super Eight. Right, and he's the, much much older now, and yeah. he is an FBI agent, and he gets sucked up in this, you know, uh, conspiracy, and you know, there's a whole thing about does the how much is the White House is corrupted or not corrupted, and there's a there's a woman he has to protect, and she's she's a kind of a, a cyber security technician. And so she plays a part in the, right. in this whole part, and I don't know. I, I found it to be very fun. Uh, what was your thoughts, Rich? Yeah, um, it also stars Hong Hong Chao from the uh, uh, from uh, uh, the whale, the whale, of course. Yeah, uh, nominated again for the whale, um, and she plays a a, a White House uh, chief of uh, staff, the chief of staff. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what it was, and she hired basically. Um, uh, Gabriel Basso to 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 uh to do the investigation. To, right. So he's the night agent. He's the guy who um answers the call. 
Yeah, at, at the at the at the night. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is a, a this is a good thriller. It's a good uh, um, thriller from Sean Ryan, and um, it's 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 not a great show. Mm-hmm. It's it's never great, but it, it's 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 just another fulfilling show that it it, it feels like a broadcast like ABC or you know a network show. Yeah, it definitely it, it, feels like something they passed on, and, they, and then Netflix picked it up. And it's funny because like once in a while the, in the in the episodes they would like have f bombs just to show, just to remind you that yeah you're watching Netflix you know yeah but it really feels like a a, a network show I I think it you know it's it's perfectly fine I think there's I I understand why it became a very popular show on Netflix it it, it does have a kind of um you know, what's it called the it, it leaves uh, um, cliffhangers it does have this cliffhanger oh, yeah. aspect yeah. to it. Yeah, and uh, Gabriel Basso does a good job, and the girl that he's protecting, uh, Lucianne Buchanan, uh, I think she's. I really liked her performance in the in the show, and um, I don't know what she's going to do next, but uh, I'll be interested to see what what her future um, is in store for her. Mm -hmm. Well, you bring up Hong Chao, you know, and who I really loved in The Whale. She's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That was my pick for for you know for best acting. Best supporting actress, you know, if if anyone deserved it, I thought she she deserved it, and so the, she was really the main reason why I wanted to check it out. I want to see what she could do for this part, and she is doing something totally different from anything she's done because she's basically playing a, you know, a politician. A hard ass, yeah, and and she's at, she has a she puts on this uh, deep voice. I think you know, I think she has a higher <laughs> register voice, but now I think with this part, she's putting like a deeper voice. She's and she get and she gets into people's faces, and I I thought she was like the spine of the show. I liked her. I liked Gabriel Basso, who I really don't know much about. I mean, I seen him in, in Super Eight, but he was a kid. You know, it's it's a fun. It's fun. It's it's nothing. It's not groundbreaking. It's not nothing new. But it does, yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Recruit, the uh, the other Netflix series that this that came out a couple months ago. Um, it, it falls in that same category. Yeah. But I kind of like the recruit more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, night and day kind of thing. <laughs> it's almost, you could do, actually, that could be a double feature right there. You could watch both of those shows at the same time. The recruit right. is uh, the one that stars Noah, Noah. Centineo, which I, I believe that's uh, Raymond's favorite uh, actor who's from mm-hmm. Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> that was your favorite actor. <laughs> the recruit. So the, the recruit was like the, Really saw no. I mean, I seen Noah Centineo's name before. He's you know he became his heartthrob because of his Netflix movies. And I go, well, what is this guy? I I don't, I don't know. I guess he was in Charlie's Angels, the the recent remake. Uh, uh, but the recruit was the one where I go, oh, okay, I see the the talent in in this guy, and he's the reason why I like the recruit as well. Uh-huh. But um, yeah. So I guess that's the I would say here's a couple of uh, <laughs> uh um. You know, solid recommendations for both of those shows. The Night Agent and The Recruit, which is now available on Netflix. But here's, let's let's end the episode with, um, has to be probably one of my favorite shows of all time, or at least of recent times. Yeah. At least one of my favorite Netflix shows of all time. And that's, and it just came out a couple days ago. It's called Beef. And this right. is with Steven Yoon and Ali Wong. And basically, it's centered around a road rage incident where you got these two characters kind of clashing. And it's it's fantastic, came out of nowhere type of show where mm-hmm. I was 
just sucked into it right away. Uh, Rich, what was your thoughts on beef? Yeah, um, hooked. Uh, from the first episode, hooked. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much an all-Asian cast. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal supporting actors by, uh, from David Cho, who, who, you, who you told me was basically a, an artist? And, uh, who, He's just an artist. He, this is, I don't know if he's, he actually... He is a scene stealer. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 uh, uh, it, it's, it reminded me of um, a, a, a little bit of like um, uh, Gata from uh, Dave. <laughs> From Jelly Jelly Cat, Cat. Yeah. Bears, kind of stuff like that because right, right, he um, right. came out of nowhere uh, right. and steal the show. But yeah, it's just it's great storytelling, great stories, great uh, great writing, great direction. Uh-huh. And um, we went through this show so quickly. It, it was uh, it was it, it was, was just, couple, it was like two days. We just sucked it. Yeah, Easter, yeah. Easter weekend. Yeah, yeah, and. It it's really good, and Maria Bello, uh, who, <laughs> who I I I I I completely praise for it because you forgot you forgot that she's actually a good actress. <laughs> Not only that, but this is this role. I mean, this I mean, I, she must be loved by everybody because this role it totally makes this this is the role. It's a throwaway role. Crazy, crazy, crazy. She, it, it's a, she's a, um, the crazy white bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the, the, this is the crazy white bitch role. Well, the rich, the uh, crazy rich white bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in order to play that, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, <laughs> I mean, that, that, you have uh, to have a sense of who you are uh, and, and also a sense of what you bring into the, to the show. Uh, talk about Steven Yoon though. I think this is kind of a standout performance by him. Oh, he, I mean, we, we just talked from... about the walking dead and how, you know, he came up from the walking dead. Now I think he has gone beyond everyone from that cast and has gone into a world where he is now. I, I, I can't, I can't believe that he's, you know, you know, he has already got an Oscar nomination, but I can't, there's, I don't think I could see a future where he is not nominated for an Emmy for this performance. Yeah. Uh, Minari, after Minari, this is a great uh, second role for him to that that stands out in his uh, because this um, in, in Nope, I thought it was a throwaway role for him. He was probably the best thing about Nope, for, at least, <laughs> yeah, uh, but, at least in my eyes, yeah. Um, but this 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 series was was a great choice for him to 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 pick. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. If it, if it was written by him, also uh, for him, well, also, I think he, I can understand. I think he knows the guy. So the, this was created by a guy named Lee Sung Jin, who goes by Sunny. And I'm not sure about his uh, previous work, but he is recently attached to write the Thunderbolts film for Marvel. And Steven Yeun is also attached to the to the the cast of the Thunderbolts. I'm not, I'm not sure who he's going to be playing. And there's a director on the show um, who's who Jake. Schreier, yeah, Schreier, Jake Schreier, who is also a- attached to direct the Thunderbolts show. So, if you're wondering about the Thunderbolts, maybe watch this movie because uh, because I don't series, know, yeah, or, or watch this series rather that because it's a it's a it's basically the people who are going to do the Thunderbolts. Now, I don't think they're going to do anything close to this. How good this show is, <laughs> but I, I, you know, it's interesting to see where they came from. And you know, I said about this when. Parasite came out. That I think Parasite is such a phenomenon that I think more movies are going to come out out of that wave. 
And I was actually quite disappointed that none of the movies, not none of the American movies have come out and really kind of deal with the same topics that the parasite dealt with. Mm-hmm. This is like kind of the first show. And maybe it's because it's a, you know, mostly done by an Asian, you know, Korean, uh, Korean Americans. This was the first show where I go, oh, I see the, 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 the influence. Now it's, mm-hmm. you know, this, these are two different type of stories, but this has a class consciousness. This is about a Stephen Yun. Yoon is a down on his luck contractor who's, you know, he's a working class. He's, he is a, um, a Korean American who is dealing with his own personal issues, who gets in a beef with a, with Ali Wong, who is amazing in the show. She's mostly known for a, being a comedian, but she's also mm-hmm. fucking fantastic as an oh, actress in this. Yeah. Yeah. And she plays a upper middle class business owner who's on the verge of selling her business for a, a mega deal. And, you know, it has this kind of class consciousness, just like what Parasite does in the movie and and, and its movie. But this does it in a way that it feels more American, more dealing with kind of the the, the, Mer- the Asian American experience. And it goes into avenues that you don't expect. It, 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 you know, it, it, the idea is that these two get in a road rage incident, but then they, they go back and try to really fuck each other's lives up. Yeah, it's and, dominoes and, has fallen. And the, the, the tension racks up quicker and quicker and quicker. And then certain episodes where you go, oh shit, they went to a totally different direction that I didn't expect. Yeah. And then it, it wraps up again, that, that kind of that beef. I mean, it's just an amazing show that I didn't I think it was going to be that great. It, it's, I don't think I, I will see a show this year that, we'll do the same thing i mean there, there's moments in this show that i was really 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 shocked at the, and funny this it's also a, yeah. a, a great satirical funny show too i mean uh and, and these are this is one of those rare shows that is so good that i don't want a season two. Oh yeah i think it ends it, it perfectly yeah. i know there's talks about it it's doing very well just like the night agent it's doing very well right now on netflix but I think it's perfect as as is. It's it's yeah. it's almost feels like a eight episode movie. Most of the right. episodes are, are it's in thirty ten, ten episodes or ten episodes rather. Most of the episodes are done around thirty five to thirty minutes long. Uh-huh. So it's a quick binge. Uh, Raymond, uh, you haven't what? have you heard about the show at all? Yeah, everyone's talking about it. Oh, okay. Are you interested in it all at all? Yeah. <laughs> I think it I you know what I think part of it is also deals with the millennials. I think you will you, mm-hmm. you being a millennial, I think mm. you will fucking uh uh understand that much better than we did or that me and Rich does because we're a little bit older, but it really deals with that kind of uh I don't know, disenchantment part of the millennial generation, the the, the depression part the, the, the feeling, you know, also because it's a pre-pandemic or a post-pandemic uh, show, I think it deals with kind of our people's needing to need people to, to, to communicate. It, it, you know, it deals with kind of like this loneliness that we all feel yeah. de- depending on the, like, on, want to like not watch it even more. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not trying to, but yeah, you kind of are. But I think, I, I think it's, Watch it for David Cho <laughs> as Isaac, David Cho, who I only kind of recently found, you know, I seen him recently in like a couple of podcast shows and he's an artist. 
He's a guy who goes on the Bobby Leash podcast. <laughs> and uh, and I think on the Joe Rogan, I saw him on the Joe Rogan. He's like, he's like kind of this character. He's kind of like a, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Rick Rubin kind mm. of character, kind of a, a guru of type. I think he had an FX show where he just talked to celebrities. He is so amazing in the show. You would think that he... Oh, that's his artwork that opens up the, the, the every every chapter. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know. I'm looking at his IND page. That's definitely his stuff. Okay, so he is he is um, so good in this show that you you would think that he is some kind of untapped actor, but this is I think his one his first performance piece. He's fantastic. Watch it for him. Watch it for Ali Wong. Okay. I, I, you know she's a oh yeah. I mean she's so great in it. I mean uh, I uh, liked her in that in that rom com Netflix rom com movie. Uh, Always, Always be, be my, my maybe with yeah. um, that one dude Randall Park. And she was mm-hmm. great in that. Mm-hmm. But I think she, again, she, she takes it to a different level here. But Stephen Yoon, or Stephen, is it Yoon or Young? Yeah. Stephen Yoon is so good in it. And this is really a showcase of how good he is. Just watch it for him. I think he's such a, such a strong talent. And he's surprised me with this part in the show. And it takes place all in California. They're familiar. It's all familiarity of, of, Although they they go to the one oh, one fake hardware store, er, everything else it it just it, it just reminds you of, of Southern, Southern California. California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, here here Raymond, it, the the look of it. This probably gets you interested. It looks like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Like the look is really good. Like it's it looks better than most uh, Netflix shows. Like they put yeah. a time and effort in on how making that look cinematic. And like film, and you could also compare it to the look of something like the Zafty Brothers. It has that kind of gritty A twenty four. Well, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's like produced by A two four, so it does have that A two four kind of look too. But it has, you know, it has a a certain artistic style to it. So I look, just check out the first couple episodes. If you, it's only thirty minutes long, so if you don't like it, you know, turn it off. But I think you would like it. Yeah. I, I don't really have time for TV shows anymore, but yeah, I mean, if I do have time, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyone out there listening, listening to this, highly recommend check out beef. Probably the, one of the best shows right now. Certainly one of the best shows on Netflix right now. Yeah. All right. That's it for this episode. So that was some of the things we saw this past week and, uh, you know, some recommendations there. All right. Thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. That's about it. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. And, uh, yeah. Peace out.